Can you hear me now? Good. Got everything turned on just right then. Good. I know when someone speaks that you've never heard speak before, you always wonder, uh, how long is he going to talk? I can assure you that I learned what I call the three S's of public speaking very early, and that is stand up, speak up, and shut up. See, the point is, I want to get done before you do. And we'll do that tonight. We're going to talk about something I think that is greatly missed by most of the people today. And this is a lesson taken from Philippians 4, verse 6 through 8. Where the writer says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In that verse, he not only tells us how to do that, he gives us lessons on how to do that. First of all, it's a training of our mind. We have to be in the right mindset, first of all, to be willing to learn. And that's something that's really critical when he talks about, if there's anything that's any good at all, he said, this is what you need to think about. The lessons that people have learned in their life have made them what they are today. When we were teenagers or whatever, to a large extent, we were products of our environment. What our parents believed for a while, we believed. Then we got out into the real world and found out that these experiences are different, so we became what we are today. And what he's saying here is in order to develop this peace within us that passes total explanation, that's another good word, is we have to think about the right things. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Make sure you put good stuff in. This involves a lot of self-assessment. We have to look at ourselves. We're going to talk about three ways or three steps to have this peace that passes understanding tonight. But in order to do that, when we look around us in the world, maybe not here, but in the world, we see people with blank faces. They don't have a clue. They're missing something, and it's obvious. We need to make sure we're not one of those people. Brother Van Ledbetter, which some of you know, he used to have an expression that I like. He said, we run around with faces long enough to drink buttermilk out of a churn. It's hard to impress people and tell them about the joys of Christianity when you're running around sad sack all the time. You've got to learn to smile. That does wonderful things. People that I work with come to work. How are you today? Well, it's Monday. Do you realize if you live to be 70 years old, you're going to have 10 years of Mondays? Ask me, I know. <laughs> but we have to get it right. We have to look 
at things from the right perspective, and that's why it's so important to focus on these things he talks about to put our mindset in the right frame where we can accept these things. There was a young man that moved to town one day and was in an old town. There was a guy sitting on the general store, up on the steps of the general store, and he asked him, say, what kind of people live in this town? He said, well, I don't know what kind of people live in the town where you came from. He said, boy, those are some of the rottenest, lousiest, honoriest people I ever saw in my life. He said, what kind of people live here? Next day or two, another guy come by and asked him, say, what kind of people live in this town? He said, well, I don't know what kind of people live in the town you came from. He said, boy, those are the sweetest, nicest, friendliest people I ever saw in my life. He said, that's the kind of people live in this town. The important thing is you find what you're looking for many times. So be careful what you look for. You remember years ago, and the reason I tell you this is a setup for the next story, the old organ grinder where, you know, the guy was cranking a deal on his monkey. Anyway, this guy, he was in his backyard one day, and he was barbecuing, and he had chicken on the rotisserie that he was cranking. This old guy walked by the street, and he looked over and said, Hey, buddy, it ain't ever going to work. He said, What do you mean? He said, Well, your organ ain't playing, and your monkey's on fire. You know, so it's all at how you look at things, what you're going to accomplish. Like the young man who always got up every morning, the very first part of the newspaper, like some of us, including myself, you go to the obituary column. He was reading it, and there was his obituary. He just couldn't believe it. It says everything was just perfect. He was upset. So he went down to the newspaper office, and he was talking to the young editor there, and he says, I, I, I demand a retraction. He says, this is my obituary, but you can see I'm right here. I'm not dead. Well, the young newspaper editor, he didn't have a clue what to do. He says, well, I tell you, he said, I don't know that I can print a retraction. But he said, I tell you what I can do. I can put you in the birth announcements in the morning and give you a fresh start. How many times have we always wanted a fresh start? That fresh start starts right here, between our own two ears, by our attitude. First of all, when we start thinking about making the steps, first one is we have to look back. One of the greatest experiences that mankind has is his memory. He can remember things from the past. Now, there's a sign on the wall where I work that says, Don't look back, you're not going that way. And that's a good philosophy, but you also have to look back and remember what has happened in past letter, lessons. We learn from our mistakes. They say wise men learn from their mistakes. Super wise men learn from the mistakes of others. You don't have to learn everything the hard way. You know, when you were little, your mom and daddy, don't touch that stove, it's hot. Well, you didn't believe that evidently because you had to try it one day. We don't want to do that. We want to learn from our mistakes. What do you think of every time you see the rainbow? You think of God's promise, don't you, that he would never again destroy the earth by water. What do you think about when we participate in the Lord's service, the Lord's Supper? We think about the death and the burial of Jesus Christ. You know, you remember in Luke 16, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. They both died, and the rich man was not in a good place, and Lazarus was He looked up, and he said, Abraham, would you send Lazarus over here? Let him dip his finger in some water and tip my tongue. 
What did Abraham say to him? Son, remember. Remember. Think about the past. What do you think Peter thought every time he heard a rooster crow? What went through his mind? I've often wondered about that because he could remember what had happened. The prodigal son, he did a little bit of life assessment, and he's looking back, and he says, you know, he didn't put it just like this. I'm using my language. I must be the dumbest guy in the world. He says, here I am. I'm having to eat the same food that the pigs eat. I'm feeding pigs, or as we say in the country, I'm slopping hogs. He says, my father, even the servants back in his house are better off than I am because he remembered that's what we have to do. We have to remember and we have to look back to know we don't want to go back there. Second step is to look up. We have to determine our direction that we're going. How many of you own GPSs? Why do you have those GPSs? Because you want to know the directions to get from where you're at to where you want to go. Well, right here's the directions, but most of us don't ever want to look there. We'd rather find it the hard way. You know how men have a reputation of not asking directions? And they get lost and wind up free tracking? We've all done that. Started off to go somewhere, go down a wrong street, have to turn around and come back and start again. Well, that's what our fresh start's going to do to us. There was a man who was walking through a graveyard, and he came upon a tombstone. The tombstone said, As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, you soon will be. Prepare, my friend, to follow me. The guy took a piece of chalk out of his pocket and he wrote on that tombstone. Now, why he had chalk in his pocket, I don't have a clue. That's just part of the story. But he said, To follow you, I won't consent until I know which way you went. That's so important for us to know what direction we're going to as we do our assessments. Several years ago, a survey was made of psychologists because of the mental problems that so many people have and the things that's going on. And the survey asked, what, according to your estimation, is the biggest problem facing young people today. They focused on young people. They said two things. One is a lack of time. And a second, a lack of a sense of direction. They don't know and they haven't figured out where they're going yet. So they're confused. And that's what we have to be, be very careful about. There was a guy who was pretty wealthy, and he decided he was going to take his money with him when he died. So he told his wife, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to hide my money in the attic, and I'm going to just pick it up on the way out. So he passed away. A few days later, she remembered that. And she went up in the attic, and lo and behold, there's his money still sitting there. Her comment, I told him he should have hid it in the basement. In the story, Alice in Wonderland, we probably saw when we were children, or saw with our children, 
There was a place at one point where Alice said to the Cheshire cat, Would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? And the Cheshire cat says, Well, that depends a good deal on where you want to go, said the cat. Alice said, I don't much care where. Then it doesn't matter which way you go. You know, I tell my, I told my children, I tell my grandchildren all the time, life from beginning to end is choices and consequences. Every choice you make has a consequence. If you don't like the consequence, change the choice. You're not going to change the con- consequence. But that's what life is all about, decisions on which direction we're going. Now, we can be like Alice and it don't really matter. And then it don't really matter where you end up. But I think to me and you, it matters where we end up. We lack a source of direction. Mill Valley, California is one of the wealth, wealthiest cities or areas in the United States. A lot of rich people live there. Have more money you can imagine. But that area also has the highest suicide rate the highest amount of teen pregnancies, the highest cases of drug addiction, and the largest amount of crime. Why? Because they have everything to live with and nothing to live for. They need a sense of direction. We all need a sense of direction. Remember when Peter was walking on the water as Jesus came to him and he said, Lord, if that's you, uh, let me walk out there to you. Well, he hops out of the boat and he takes off. No problem. He's looking at Jesus. There's Jesus. But what happens? The Bible said he started looking around at the waves and he started looking around everything. And inside, I'm sure he thought, I'm not supposed to be able to do this. And sure enough, he began to sink. He lost his sense of direction. As long as we're focused on Jesus, as long as we're doing what we should, then everything is fine. Jesus asked him, why didn't you trust me? Peter thought he did. The third step to getting to the point where we have peace that surpasses all understanding, there's just no explanation for it, is looking forward, looking to the future. One thing about it, We don't know what the future holds, and it's probably a good thing. None of us know when we're going to die. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The only thing we know for sure is who holds that future, and it's certainly not us. somebody else. We sing songs, and, and I love songs because songs tell stories. They're based on biblical principles, people's experience. The song called peace, perfect peace. Most of us, that's a goal we look forward to that we really wonder, can we ever attain that kind of peace? We sing the song, A Beautiful Life. And what is that song about? That song is about serving others. Each day I'll do a golden deed. I looked through just a second ago to refresh my memory the words of that song, and it has to do with doing something for somebody else. 
getting out of the old idea that the world revolves around me because I guarantee you it doesn't. When we talk about having real joy, which is to a certain extent what the peace that passes understanding is about, the J has to stand for Jesus. He always has to be first. The O stands for others and the Y for yourself in that order. As long as we concentrate on keeping things in that order, then we're on the road to a future where we can experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's all about ourselves as a family, but we do that together. Some of the things that we just talked about with Jordan this morning are things that point to doing things for others, not for ourselves. You know what we have to learn to do, and it's one of the hardest lessons we'll ever learn, is let Jesus take care of us and us take care of others. That's, that, that's how things go. Stories have told of a little girl who was late coming home from school one day. A couple of hours late, when she finally got home, her mother asked her, what, what's wrong? Something happened? She said, no, said, I stayed with my little friend. Her dolly's arm got tore off. He said, well, did you help her fix it? No, but I helped her cry. That story took me because that means others we put first. Peace is the desire of all of us, each and every one of us, or at least it should be. There's a story about a man who did a one-act play. And in that play, he quoted the 23rd Psalm. When it ended, there was a standing applause that went on and on and on. And as the applause continued, there was an old man with a cane that made his way down the aisle, was able to get up on the stage and stood in front of the microphone. When the applause died down, that man started the 23rd Psalm. Before he had finished, there was not a dry eye in the house. A few days later, someone asked this actor, you were there and you did the 23rd Psalm, he said, what's the difference between you and him? And the actor said this, I know the 23rd Psalm. He knows the shepherd. And that's the only way we're ever going to have the peace that passes understanding. You've got to get to know the shepherd. Okay? See, I told you I'd finish before you did. Stanley's going to lead us in a song. and uh, Then after that, Russ will lead us in a prayer as we close. If you would stand. <coughs>